0: Welcome to Not A Hoax, Not A Dream, the podcast about comic book characters who just don't quit. You can try to write them off, but they'll just get written back in. You can try to kill them, but they'll just get better. My name's Ben Rathbone, and today we have our very first crossover event, as I'm joined by the Checkered Past podcast. Dr. Bob, Dr. Rob, how are you doing today? Great, Real thank good, you. how are you? Thank you. Good, good. You're recording from Earth 1, I understand. Uh, I'm <laughs> <Correct>. recording from <laughs> mm-hmm. Earth 2. How is the weather over
1: there? Stormy and rainy right now. There's a lot of lightning going around our house, but I have some chemicals precariously placed right by the window. So I think we're in good shape.
0: As you should. You should have every chemical known to man right there on the windowsill. Yeah, that's the perfect combination. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. This should be fun. Your podcast focuses on comics that I don't usually read a lot, but I've listened to a few of your episodes, and there's definitely some good stuff there. How did you decide to start your podcast and what what's the story uh, behind it?
1: So, it's called Checkered Past. I have a fondness for kind of the goofy 60s comics. And so, specifically the Gogo Check branded comics that DC published from February 1966 to August August 1967. 1967. So, that's if you're not familiar, it's when DC had the checkerboard pattern across the top of all of their Comics, the idea was that when it was in a spinner rack, like we used to buy comics in the drugstore, you would see those that checkerboard pattern. You'd know that's a DC comic, and that's a sign of true mediocrity.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. And so uh, another part of the hook at the beginning was that I grew up reading comics all my life. He did not. True. And so jumping in and trying to explain not only the continuity of all these characters, but also
2: why they were also goofy in the 60s. And talking about sexism and all these different things that happened, all these conventions that happened in the comics, and me not having grown up with comics just sort of saying, this is stupid. you know. Why is this happening like this? And gosh, it, we just enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have we been doing this? Like years. Four years? Maybe? Five years, maybe five years? I don't even know.
1: But yeah, the tables have kind of turned now and he's really getting into the comics now and I'm the one that's like, "This the physics don't work." Although I
2: do that. I do a lot of homework now yeah. and and like I will completely explain why the science behind what has happened with Batman and Robin is absolutely not possible in any universe whatsoever. And I also am famously a hater of all multiple earth incarnations. Yeah. So I just I just don't understand it. I mean, I can understand it theoretically, but it's silly to me, which should infuriate any listener and lover of comics at all.
0: Well, we've picked a really awesome storyline for you then. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... That, that's really cool because I I always remember you know when whenever you look at the kind of a gallery of say you know all of Superman's comics throughout the ages or all of the Flashes you always see those issues with that checkerboard around the cover so it, it it's cool to to understand the the context behind that. So today we're talking about Flash specifically Barry Allen who is the the second Flash the Silver Age Flash. Is there anything from the the GoGo? check era of comics that you've learned about Barry Allen that that listeners might not know otherwise
1: i don't know there's been a lot of stories that we've seen where there's some misunderstanding with the flash and the citizens of central city and they turn on him like a dime like <laughs> at least two stories in a row we've had where he either is on the run from the law or in fact we just did an episode last week where he was in prison because he was framed for crimes he didn't commit. He had lost control of his body for a while. Yeah, but yeah, the the citizenry of Central City really <laughs> is very fickle. They they love him, they love him until they don't.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of tough. You know, you, it, no matter how much effort you put in, it just I guess it's never enough for for some of these guys. It's kind of uh, that's kind of Spider Man's deal too. Yeah, you can save everybody's life, but people just turn on him immediately as soon mm-hmm. as there's some kind of misunderstanding.
1: And, but we're on the cusp now. I think the next issue that comes up in our rotation is when he marries Iris. Yeah, we which,
2: received an invitation, didn't we?
1: There's a printed invitation in the issue we just looked at, actually, yes. which was, you know, somewhat unusual for the time Aquaman was married by this time, and Hawkman and Hawkgirl, of course. But to have someone actually get married in the course of their series, that was, except for Aquaman, I think this is the the only other incident I can think of up to that point
0: cool yeah that that's that's pretty interesting when i think of big wedding issues throughout comics it's i always think of you know these these elaborate events where all of their rogues gallery kind of interrupts the wedding and Mm -hmm. and scenarios (laughs) like that so it'll be interesting to see how that wedding turns out to understand what i'm about to tell you you need to do something first you need to believe in the impossible can you do that good you see that red blur that's me Again. My name is Barry Allen. I am the fastest man alive. The year is 1956. Golden Age superheroes like Green Lantern and The Flash have been in decline for years. But a new age of comics is about to begin. Showcase, Showcase. Number, four, number four. Presenting, presenting the, Flash. the Flash. Whirlwind, Whirlwind, Whirlwind adventures, adventures of the Fastest of the Man, man alive. alive. Drawn by Carmine and Fantineau inked by Joe Kubert, lettered by Gaspar Saladino, editor Julius Schwartz, Mystery of the Human Thunderbolt, written by Robert Kanegar, The Man Who Broke the Time Barrier, written by John Broom. Alone in the Central City Police Station Laboratory, scientist Barry Allen enjoys a break, eating a sandwich, drinking a tin of homogenized milk, and reading a comic book. It's an issue of Flash Comics, wherein the tin-helmeted Golden Age hero uses his supersonic speed to fight the arsenal of crime. Barry wonders aloud what it would be like to be the fastest man on Earth. Well, buddy, buckle up, because there's a storm outside, and you're in a laboratory stocked with every chemical known to science. All it takes is one rogue lightning bolt, and Mr. Allen finds himself bathed in an unpredictable combination of chemicals and electricity that probably should have killed him, but doesn't. Barry calls it a night. He goes outside and tries to call a cab, but the driver doesn't see him. Barry doesn't know if he'd be able to find another one, so he runs after it. This attempt proves wildly successful as he finds himself in front of the cab down the road. Bewildered, he stops in a diner to grab a bite to eat. There a waitress accidentally drops a tray of food nearby. Barry is astonished to find that he can see the falling food frozen in midair, allowing him plenty of time to set each item to rights on the plate it goes to, and settling the tray safely back into the waitress's arms. Barry still has no clue what's happening. He decides to get some sleep. The next day, he proceeds with his day as normal, rationalizing the events of last night as hallucinations. After work, he arrives for a date with Iris West. Iris chides him for always being late, asking him why he's so slow. Alan begins to apologize, but is interrupted by a bullet. He sees it just as he saw the falling food last night, and it's headed straight for Iris's head. Barry saves his date's life, making it seem as if he accidentally stumbled into her. A cop shows up and explains that the stray bullet was fired by Turtle Man. Barry has heard of this Turtle Man, because, I mean, who hasn't? He's friggin' Turtle Man, the slowest man on Earth. Later on, Barry returns to his lab and figures out the lightning and chemicals must have changed his molecular structure, transforming him into the fastest man on Earth. Just like he wished, right before it happened. Coincidence? I guess. Taking inspiration from the Flash comic he was reading, Barry creates his own costume, which fits inside a ring and can expand outward at a moment's notice. You know the one, red with a yellow lightning bolt belt lightning bolt insignia on the chest and lightning bolt things near his ears, because he's a lightning bolt themed hero. He could have been named Lightning, except he's a giant nerd who names himself off of his favorite comic book superhero. The new Flash sets off to stop Turtle Man's reign of criminal terror. Thing is, the world's slowest man always seems to be a step ahead of the world's fastest man. It's a regular turtle and hare situation, Turtle Man always ahead of the Flash through patience and careful planning. He tricks Flash into running into a wall by painting a silhouette of himself on the brick, Then he sets off on a rowboat, leaving a high-powered speedboat behind him. When Flash tries to catch his quarry in the speedboat, the boat sinks immediately. Even when Flash starts running on water, the vibrations of his feet only help Turtle Man's boat move ahead faster. Flash does eventually catch Turtle Man and win, though, you know, because he's got super speed, while Turtle Man is just a dude that's really slow. Like, he talks slow, there's all these ellipses between each one of his words, Also, he doesn't even commit to the supervillain thing like he's not dressed as a turtle. He's got on a green turtleneck sweater, which I guess some might give him points for subtlety there, but I find it lazy. That's pretty much it for that story. And then in the next one, the Flash time travels. Yep, first appearance and he's time traveling. The reason he does it is there's this weird criminal named Mazdan from the future who shows up in Central City Back in his time, or I guess forward in his time, in in the time he's from, a future judge sentenced him to be shot even further into the future in a time rocket. Instead of landing in the barren 50th century, Earth, as intended, though, he accidentally ends up in the 20th century. The future cops, or whatever, apparently never confiscated the dude's things, as Mazdan has this gun that shoots dangerous rings of chemical smoke and fire, which he uses to steal lots of gold from the bank. He needs the gold to strengthen his time rocket, so he can travel back to his time. Flash confronts the criminal and after a few encounters has him beaten when Mazdan explains why he's doing what he's doing. Just let him take off in his rocket, he says, and he'll never threaten Flash's time again. There's only one problem with that. Flash figures out that if the rocket is allowed to blast off, it would create a crater ten times in diameter, killing thousands of people. Mazdan says, oh yeah, forgot to mention that, but it's only a few thousand, hardly important. Flash says, you know what, screw it. I'll take this guy back to the future myself. He grabs Mazdan and runs to a racetrack. Once there, he builds up enough speed to pass through the mists of time. Flash says, did it, we're passing through the mists of time. So this is something he was aware of, cool. As he runs further into the mists, however, something blocks his way. He says, hard going, this must be the time barrier some scientists theorize about. Flash keeps running, using every bit of his energy to battle the time barricade until finally he breaks through. He gives Mazdan back to the future judge, and the official promises that this time they'll send the time capsule in the right direction. Then Flash leaves. The two panels dedicated to him in the future apparently took hours, so Barry is surprised that only a moment has passed back in the present. Later, at work, a coworker remarks to Barry that those strange gold robberies have suddenly come to an end. Barry replies, I guess the thief was caught and is serving time. Somewhere the end kind of impressions of this had you read it before
1: I have read this story probably 150 times when i was a little child there was a hardbound book in the library of secret origins of dc heroes and it had all the major heroes both their earth one and earth two origin stories and so yeah i've seen this story a lot and A lot of the imagery, I had not looked at it for a long time, but a lot of the imagery is really stuck in my head. Like, of course, the lightning bolt panel with all the chemicals spilling over him. But also just, you know, when he's first discovering his speed and he runs past that taxi and he picks up all the spilled food in the diner. Those are images that are just sort of seared into my brain. Wow.
2: And I've never seen it before. So I was really excited about watching him shave with the electric shaver. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: that is cool yeah there was some cool stuff in this that i wasn't expecting so i wasn't expecting the slow motion aspect of it of how things will kind of freeze in time yeah and he'll he'll kind of react to them and in, in that that's the the version of super speed in this for some reason i had it in my head that 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 is kind of a later invention of how movies will depict super speed later on but no it's it's right here in this comic i thought that was that was pretty cool.
2: And perceiving the bullet coming toward Iris mm-hmm. and acting so quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I thought that was cool. I thought it was interesting that he's he's reading a Flash comic before he becomes a Flash of the, the Golden Age Flash.
2: Right. I was going to ask you both about that because, you know, of course, I'm, I'm the, the novice to this. I, I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. I wonder why they chose to do that. I mean except for the most obvious reason. But but was I was wondering if there was something a little bit more uh, winking about that or sort of knowing about this. Uh, okay, convention. you ready to go? Yes.
1: So in about 1951, superhero comics were not selling great. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you get a lot of like Western comics and war comics coming to the forefront. At DC, you still had Superman, you still had Batman, you still had Wonder Woman, but The other superheroes like Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, the Justice Society, those all kind of went away. Mm -hmm. So The Flash, this is what, 1956? This was the first sort of reboot of those classic superheroes. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just bringing back the original characters, it was an editorial decision to do new versions with the same names. Okay. Okay. Now, this is before the concept of Earth-1 and Earth-2 happened. Mm-hmm. So as far as Barry Allen is concerned, the Flash is just a comic book character from the 40s okay. that he loved as a kid.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, and several issues later, there, there's a crossover between the Golden Age uh, Jay Garrick Flash and uh, the Barry Allen Flash. And so Barry Allen is just kind of geeking out and saying, oh, I'm in the world of this this comic book character that, that I, I used to read about.
2: I did have one thing to offer as a non-comic connoisseur. I, I always try to find one little thing in our podcast to irritate Bob. And so I was wondering if either of you can explain what homogenized milk is.
1: Homogenized milk?
0: I took a note of that. You did not. Did you look it up? I didn't look it up. I just took a, I, I took a mental note of it. Oh I yeah. I saw, he's, it
2: he's drinking Renee milk, homogenized milk. Do either of you know what that is?
1: Well, homogenized is just, they boil it right to get all the germs out.
2: That would be pasteurization. That's not. Homogenization. Oh, so I didn't know what it was. And I was curious. Homogenized milk is milk that is sent through high pressure. It's a process during which milk is squirted through a special machine under very high pressure. And it breaks up the fat particles and makes them small enough to disperse through the milk evenly so that it doesn't gather on the top. It looks more appealing. It increases the shelf life. So it allows them to mix milk from different cows into one batch. So. Well, that's
1: important because he's in his office at the police station. He obviously got this from a vending machine.
2: Yes, it's important because it's a scientific fact, and in, in, uh, an, uh, in... Uh, uh, uh. it's a flash fact. Okay, all right, all
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I, I'm really glad that you said that because, yeah, I, w- I was also curious about that. It's just uh, you, you don't normally see milk in in in. I guess a tin either is what it looks like. <laughs> well,
2: I thought, because it said Rene, I thought, oh, maybe this is French. Maybe it's something about pasteurization right. or something like that, you know, but nah, nope.
0: Yeah, so he's just, yeah, so Barry Allen is in his lab drinking this milk, eating, a. I guess it's, it looks like it's a sandwich, and reading this Flash comic, sometime later, the notorious villain, the Turtle Man, who shot the bullet. What were your thoughts on the Turtle Man?
2: Oh, please tell me both of you must know something about this, because even though the Turtle Man is his nemesis in this feature... Yes. I, I don't understand it. I mean... The, it, the slowest man this, on Earth? Yes. It's just the weirdest thing, and as if that's a real power. Well, it works out for him. <laughs> well, actually, it doesn't. Generally. It actually... Well, it,
1: Yeah, I don't know much about the Turtle Man. I think that the... The Golden Age Flash had an enemy named the turtle, but
0: I might be making that up. Editor's note. Dr. Bob did not make this up. The turtle originally appeared in All Flash number 21 in 1945. There's also a new version of the turtle who is the opposite of the flash. Where the flash is a conduit of the speed force, the turtle is a conduit of the still force.
2: What did you think about it?
0: I I, I had never heard of the turtle man before. And so... You know, I see what they were going for. The slowest man on Earth versus the fastest man on Earth. And it's kind of like that turtle versus the hare thing where, you yeah. know, the Flash mm-hmm. is running all around. But the turtle man is outthinking him. I get they were th- what they're going for. But, yeah, it is kind of eventually, you know, it, it it's inevitable. Eventually, the guy with superpowers is going to beat the, the guy who, who's just really slow.
2: Like but the one moment when he gets into the rowboat and rows with his hands. Oh right!
0: (laughs) I thought it was odd that his costume was so subtle. For Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not something comic book artists usually go for is subtlety, and you know, I I, he has a a green turtleneck, so there's some that's kind of clever, I guess. But
2: (laughs) way to give ten percent, artists.
0: Right. It's just. I, I just thought it was kind of odd that he just didn't have a costume and he was just, he was just this dude. And that was the the first guy that the Flash fought.
2: I love, oh, oh he's painted a silhouette of himself on the side of the building and Flash just runs right into the building. Right. <laughs> had had the Turtle Man actually been there, he would have probably been killed. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and then in the, the next story... Is is a much different story. He fights this criminal from the future, and he actually time travels in the second story, which was
2: your second story, the right. second story of the feature. You know, we right. don't even get a build up like, a, "Oh, I wonder what his powers are like." Hey, first first story, I learn how to run. Second story, I'm gonna travel through time.
0: They don't they don't really leave him room to grow. It's like, what else can he do now? Now he can just time travel, <laughs> and it was a. it was kind of an interesting take on time travel because he has to go through this thing called the mists of time. And he just kind Mm -hmm. of like, he just kind of knows about it as if it's this thing everybody knows about.
1: And it's interesting that he there's a panel here where he's kind of stuck as he's traveling into the future. And he says, it's like running on a treadmill, hardly moving forward at all. Well, I know that eventually the flash does create a cosmic treadmill for the purpose of traveling through time.
0: That's true. Yeah, that is interesting.
1: And I wonder if this is why.
0: Yeah, this maybe mm-hmm. this sparked the idea behind the called the cosmic treadmill, right? Yeah. Could be, could be.
2: What is the name of this, this enemy here? I can't remember the guy's name. Ma, Ma,
0: Mazdan? Mazdan. Mazdan?
1: He's wearing a, a Joker suit. He is,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's got the Joker color scheme, yeah. Mm-hmm. He does.
2: Maz, Mazdan? Mazdan. Yes. How can he physically withstand running at the same speed that the flash does ah
1: because the flash has a super speed aura which protects his clothing and anything he's carrying
2: oh okay well wow. i don't know <laughs> if the flash knows that yet <laughs> i know it's just only a second story yeah i mean in our world he was basically eating cereal yesterday was struck by lightning you know drinking homogenized milk and now he's running through time wouldn't it be something if he just
1: was exploring his powers. And so he picked up this guy and started running and then he ended up with just a
0: skeleton. (laughs) That would be a great story. But yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's got this chemical gun that shoots these like hoops of chemicals, which, which isn't very effective because then flash can just kind of jump through the middle of them.
2: Like a circus poodle.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. It'd Mm. be more effective if they were like solid clouds that, I mean, I guess he would just dodge them then. I, I don't know.
2: Or gravity waves.
0: Right. I always found mm. it interesting that Flash always has these villains with these special guns or something and just things that he can just kind of move out of the way of. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to do?
2: I loved, I don't know what page this is, but it's when they're first sentencing him to the future, to live alone in the future. And they put him into the capsule and he jettisons forward, but he's actually going backwards. <laughs> you see the calendar pages fly by? Mm-hmm. See the cal- <laughs> I just love that. They could have written like they could have done a swirl of years, you know, but they did calendar pages
1: Well, I do one of my very favorite stories is a team-up of superman and the flash which involves time travel and they When they're in the time stream, it's like concentric circle tunnel Uh But it does have the years like print like subway signs.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's great (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that, too. But yeah, any other thoughts about showcase
1: I just think it's notable that this being the first sort of resurgence of superheroes, the Flash's costume is just so sleek and simple and none of the like underwear on the outside, just Mm -hmm. a red suit with
2: yellow accents. And he doesn't even have, I mean, he has little wings on his boots, but he doesn't have flare boots, you know, nothing loose. And no cape. Yeah, just very simple. Nothing to get in the way. And it's like, boom, go. And his radio receivers.
0: Years. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much his costume now. You know, they don't ever mm-hmm. really, really change it at all. Even, even Superman had that you know moment where they radically changed his costume to that right. electrical thing, but I, I don't remember Flash ever having anything like that. So, yeah.
1: Experiencing the moment. In order for billions to survive this coming crisis, Flash.
0: Barry Allen remains the Flash for 30 years and protects Central City from a growing assortment of colorful rogues and villains. And gorillas. He soon joins the Justice League and uses his super speed to protect the Earth alongside his fellow superheroes. Barry even meets and teams up with his comic book hero, the Golden Age Flash, when an accidental use of his super vibrations transports him to another dimension. The Speedster has had a good run, but in 1985, All that is about to come to an end. Crisis Crisis. on Infinite Earths, Earths. number eight. eight. Penciled by George Perez with inks by Jerry Ordway and colors by Anthony Tallinn. Written by Marv Wolfman. Lettered by John Costanza. Edited by Line Wien, Robert Greenberger, and Marv Wolfman. Somewhere deep in the antimatter universe, inside the antimatter ship, the Flash is trapped. A wad of yellow goo clings about his body, preventing his escape. Below him, standing on one of the spaceship's twisting stone pathways, is everyone's favorite emotion manipulating stooge, Psycho Pirate. Psychopirate is in a big fret, worrying about what the anti monitor will do to him when the villain sees him next. You see, he kind of failed last issue when his powers flopped out on him. Flash is having trouble sympathizing. In fact, he actually doesn't say a word. His eyes closed, he appears to be completely motionless. Pirate, in his anxiety, even goes so far as to ask Barry whether they should team up against the Universe Destroyer. But before he can get an answer, the Anti-Monitor returns. The Big Bad is sporting a new sleek look, since Supergirl trashed his previous outer shell last issue. I covered this in episode 12 for anyone that's interested. But nothing sets this guy back turns out, as he's already got a new plan on how he can destroy the remaining Earths and their universes. They're going to head to the center of the antimatter Universe, to the planet Quord where he'll supervise the building of a giant antimatter cannon that will obliterate the positive matter universes. I think this is plan B? C? Maybe D? I don't know, but part of you has to admire it. The Anti-Monitor barely wastes a thought on Psycho-Pirate, but promises to keep him around for now in case he proves useful. Weeks go by, and the board begins to set for the next battle for the fate of all reality. Darkseid waits to see which side will be victorious on Oa. The Green Lanterns confront the Guardians over their inaction. In the 30th century, within the Legion of Superheroes headquarters, Brainiac 5 tries to assess the damage between each of the five universes while struggling with grief over the loss of Supergirl. Back in the 20th century, a group of heroes and scientists rack their heads in an attempt to repair the android Red Tornado. Barry Allen knows none of this. He spends the time stoically stuck in his gooey prison while enduring constant harassment from Psycho Pirate, who does everything he can to humiliate him by forcing the speedster to remember events that nearly ripped him apart. But the Flash never succumbs to the torture. Meanwhile, the Anti-Monitor's army of Thunderer elites harshly drive forward the slaves of Quard to complete the cannon. The Anti-Monitor himself looks on, his plans almost completed. One day, when Psycho-Pirate returns to the Scarlet Speedster for his daily dose of torture, the Flash has a surprise for him. Barry, it turns out, has secretly been vibrating this whole time. He's been increasing the rate of these inner vibrations to the point where he could slip through the gelatin adhesive trapping him. Also, he's really pissed. He punches Psycho Pirate, he punches the Thunder Elite on guard, and then he goes back to punching Psycho Pirate. Pirate tries to use his powers on Flash, fixing a face of terror on himself, projecting these emotions onto the Scarlet Speedster. Flash almost lets this fear consume him, but he resists, and goes back to beating the shit out of this fucking jester-looking jackass. He's got more plans for the pirate than just giving him a black eye or two, though. The thing is, Barry Allen is out of all fucks today, and fucks are usually those things that prevent him from murdering sleazeballs that deserve it. Psycho-Pirate is going to help Barry, or else Barry is going to make sure Psycho-Pirate doesn't do anything at all. Flash runs out to the construction site of the Anti-Monitor Cannon, Psycho-Pirate in his arms, and he runs in front of the Thunder Elite. The pirate's face is contorted in hatred and loathing for the being known as the Anti-Monitor, and the soldier soon feels himself overcome with these emotions as well. Flash repeats this process, fomenting sedition within the hearts of the elite army. Psycho Pirate begs for Barry to stop forcing him to do this, that it is straining his powers too much, but Flash tells him he'll continue if he knows what's good for him. Soon enough, the Anti-Monitor has a full-on rebellion on his hands. The Thunderer elite scream, Death to the Monitor, and hurl their lightning bolts at their master. While the big bad contends with the power of his own creations, the Flash knocks out Psycho Pirate and runs for the cannon itself. He vibrates the molecules of his body, phasing through the weapon's shell to look upon the power source, a raging sphere of concentrated antimatter. Barry can feel it draining his own energy just by being near it, so he has to move quickly if he has any chance of stopping it at all. Luckily, moving quickly is kind of his thing. The fate of the universe is resting on his shoulders. The Flash runs around the antimatter source, circling it, trying to force the energy to dissipate and implode on itself. Everything that's ever mattered to me, the Flash says. Everything that's ever been important. The lives of everyone on Earth and throughout the universe. In the present. And in the future. That's what I'm fighting for now. Mom and Dad. You can't hear me, but I love you so much. Iris. Apart for so long. Together for so short a time. Remember me, Iris. Remember how much I cared. Fiona. Wally. Dexter. Ralph. Sue. Hal, All the people I loved. Lord, it hurts so much. Forgive me for leaving you like I did. Understand why. Please, understand why." Flash is moving so fast now that time distorts around him. Echoes of him reach out to the past and future as Wally West, Kid Flash sees a premonition of his uncle, and the Joker and Batman see his dying form. Barry Allen's face is aging rapidly, deteriorating, but still he runs. His costume loosens and slackens as his body disintegrates into a skeleton, and then into nothing. His last words are, There's hope. There is always hope. Time to save the world. Time. Back in time. Do what you have to. We must save the world. We must save the world. The outer casing of the cannon rips open as the antimatter core explodes in a chaotic eruption. All of existence has been saved. Flash's costume lays empty on the stone ground of Quard, the ring that once contained it lying beside it. The Antimonitor roars at this most recent setback. The time for engineering and strategic maneuvers is over. His next plan will not be thought out or gradual. This time, he intends to use raw power and brute force on an unimaginable scale. The antimatter universe consists of over 53 million worlds, 2 million of which contain sentient life. The anti-monitor now consumes them all, absorbing their energy and lives into himself. Far away, the challengers of the unknown sense a drastic subspace disturbance. As they attempt to get a reading on it, they pick up a more eerie noise in their devices, like a scream that's permeating the entire universe. That scream belongs to the specter, who stands before the five Earths, feeling the power that threatens to destroy them all. The comic ends with an epitaph for The Flash, 1956-1985, to and a poem by William Knox. Oh, why should the spirit of mortal be proud? Like a fast-flittering meteor, a fast-flying cloud, a flash of the lightning, a break of the wave, he passes from life to his rest in the grave. George
2: Perez is on there. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: yep, yep. Rest in peace. May
2: rest in peace, yeah.
0: Nobody really, in my opinion, did it better than, mm-hmm. I mean, these big crossover events, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, they don't really, I mean, sometimes they'll do this kind of stuff, but it just, something about his spreads of all these, these characters just felt so much more natural than other similar events that I've seen. He just had such a talent for it. Mm-hmm. Crisis on Infinite Earths, number eight. So so this series is DC's way of resetting their universe. I did actually listen to one of your episodes where I think, uh, Rob, you made a, a, a pretty interesting metaphor that had to do with a celestial tea on a wall. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> no, I guess I this is know. like a friend of yours that had like celestial tea boxes. It was my brother. Oh, that's right. Oh, it's his okay. brother's. My brother's wife. Wife. So, oh, well, I forgot so, and I guess, I guess this person set up a, a, pr- a precedent where they started putting the tea boxes on the wall and then they kind of, they're beholden to it where now all, all of their tea right. is kind of on the wall in this configuration. <laughs> um, yes.
2: These boxes that we bought in the grocery store that would then become her dispensers. She just take them to the wall.
0: Right. So you made the comparison that that's kind of how DC comics and a lot of comic companies, they, they kind of set these precedents for themselves where there's different earths and different characters and different earths. And they're kind of stuck with it and it gets more and more complicated and so so this series is basically their attempt to get rid of all of that and just you know knock all the tea off of the wall right Mm. so uh yeah what's your history with this have you read it before
1: yes i think i
2: might have too
0: again i mean i was
1: reading this in real time this was probably the mid height of my comics fandom i mean the whole series was exciting just because DC had not changed anything for so long. And this was like, oh, my gosh, they're destroying Earths. They're going to merge all the Earths. And all these characters are coming under DC's banner. And so that was kind of exciting as a reader to see it happen. As you say, the previous issue, Supergirl had died, which was a huge, I think, game changer, like a character you never thought would see die. Mm-hmm. And in the context of that, this issue with the Flash dying, I think, is a little anticlimactic. Number one, just because it's not... Nobody knows he's dead yet. Right. Because nobody sees him die. And also the Flash title had already been canceled. It was not selling well for a while before it was canceled. And so I think the character... Like, they had just been trying things. They killed his wife they put him on trial for killing the reverse flash who had murdered his wife and that story went on way too long really and so the you know the title itself had not been exciting for a while the character i think had just gotten kind of static and i think symbolically this was supposed to be kind of the end of the silver age Mm -hmm. but because it's kind of buried in the middle of this series after another huge death it was kind of underwhelming i guess is Mm -hmm. the word i would use Mm
2: -hmm. i don't have much to say about it because i think i might have just sort of thumbed through these just when they were in your collection Mm -hmm. and i didn't I, i just at the time i really wasn't interested and i thought well the artwork's really beautiful and yeah so I, I, I'm, I'm really just interested in talking through this. And uh, I, I really like the artwork. I understand a, a lot of the characters. Some of them I don't even know. I think this might have been the first time when you and I got together in the 90s when I said, what's in, what's what all these, what's all these earths? <laughs> Please explain.
0: Every couple has to have that, have that conversation. <laughs> yeah. As they're dating. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I kind of expected the anti-monitor to look scarier,
0: right? Yeah, I think... I'm trying to remember how he looks in the issue before this because I think he gets a new costume.
2: Yeah,
1: this is his new armor because Supergirl burned off all his old armor.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So he needs to build himself a new... Because I guess his whole thing is he's just made out of this antimatter energy and so he has this, this uh, suit to contain it. Okay. Uh, Supergirl wrecks that suit before she dies. And so he builds a new one, kind of see what the old suit looked like, whether it looked better. I think the old one maybe looked better, a little scarier, but yeah, I, the Supergirl issue, I I agree is better. Um, Even, even without knowing the context of it, that the flash one is a little weird because he is just kind of in his own bottle and he's isolated from everyone else. And it's, you know, it's, it's not super clear to me why they're keeping him around. And why don't why they don't put better or if they do want to keep him around why don't why don't they keep better protections I guess mm-hmm. to stop him from from escaping the way he does they they basically just have this one one guard there kind of keeping an eye on him and so when he escapes he just punches that guy out
2: and I mean it's basically what hold him to hold him still in saran wrap right just a bunch of yeah of chewing
0: right? gum or something is it, yeah. a
2: gum it might be taffy.
0: I think he even calls it taffy at one point. Yeah, or,
2: so, or silk, or so. I don't know what it was. You know. Just, yeah, and I'm not sure exactly why were they keeping him alive. Why is he actually in this story? So much takes place on many different in many different places. Why so, are they keeping him alive? Well,
1: if I recall, I didn't go back and read the whole series, but at, at this time, the Flash had gone to live in the 30th century, which is where his wife was from mm-hmm. and she got brought back to life spoiler alert so he was living in the 30th century and there was some kind of incursion from the antimonitor, and he raced into some destructive field and ended up in the antimatter universe okay where he was captured okay so why they kept him alive after that i don't know they probably thought they could use him
2: yeah again
1: in contrast with that supergirl issue that issue was kind of all about that big final battle and this issue there's 17 different sub stories running that you keep flashing back, back to and and,
2: yeah and it ends in this way with the specter and, and and of course me not having just read this issue i'm like why is he there i mean obviously he's <laughs> going to be involved in in resolving this, I guess, is this issue eight of how many issues? 12. 12, yeah. Okay, so we're three quarters of the way through the story. Um, oh, if yeah, Flash refers to the substance as jello and gelatin, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he can move through anything if he sure. gets himself uh, shimmering fast enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there are, I, I think, there are cool parts of this I, I do like the way that he manipulates this psycho pirate to mm-hmm. basically turn all of the i think they're called the thunder elite against mm-hmm. the anti-monitor starts this really cool rebellion yeah so i like that a lot i like the whole idea of him running so fast that he's just physically kind of deteriorating and aging and going into the past although it's not completely clear why he's seeing Joker and Batman. I know that 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 happens earlier in an earlier issue. Uh-huh. The Batman and Joker actually see this like specter of the Flash in front of them. Right. But it's not super explained why he ends up there besides that there is this earlier issue where it happened. Mm-hmm. But Right. But it's still kind of cool to see that, you know, oh yeah, I remember that from the issue previous. Now this is mm-hmm. why he was there is because he's kind of running through time. Wally makes sense and, you know, it would make sense for kind of yeah, but anyway.
1: Well, and actually that scene will happen in a later issue where okay, Wally sees him appear.
0: So he's kind of traveling through time in, in right. different directions. Yeah yeah. 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 So, and yeah, he just runs, you know, he, he, he runs as, as fast as he can run to destroy this cannon. He he succeeds at the detriment to his physical body and it's just all that's left is his costume and, and the ring that contains it. Just kind of, yeah, it's very... Very bleak and very, <laughs> but also heroic, you know, so. Yes.
2: Who are these? Are these the challengers? Challengers of, of the, the unknown. unknown okay. yes. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. so. Okay. And they're there for some reason. Well, I, I mean, I think I probably have to read the entire 12.
1: Well, so, I don't know because I think part of the problem with this series is that nobody really figured out what was going to happen after it. So it seems like there's, especially this issue. There's a lot going on that seems like it's setting up future stories that never really, nothing ever comes of it. Yeah.
2: Except to yeah. just
1: show here's all here's these characters and here's these other characters.
2: It's interesting because you, we you and I read have read Challenges of the Unknown in our podcast mm-hmm. from the sixties. So here we are in the eighties.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now they have a girl member. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's. So, yeah, and that's kind of the conceit behind behind this series is that if they were ever in a prominent DC comic, they're, they're going to show up in this series mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. And the same with any of the there's publishers that DC ha- had bought out throughout the decades. And so all of those characters will also show up in this series. And by the end of it, they'll all kind of be melded into this one world where, you know, all of these DC properties are all in in one one space on one earth. So.
2: so does the specter destroy everything
1: or put it back together? Uh, the specter has to go back to the dawn of time because of reasons.
2: Okay. To stop I, the destruction. I have to read these. Yeah. 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 It's just 12 issues, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You're like a <laughs> trap into some hundred issue series. No. Okay. <laughs> no, you get all the spinoffs
0: and all of the tie-ins, but.
2: Oh, no. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> it's good it's good this is much better i i think than a lot of the so dc would come back to this well a lot
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh you know we'll, we'll see and in...
1: at the moment they're
0: back in <laughs> yeah they are it was dark crisis and then they they changed the name i think to dark dark crisis on infinite earths as if it yep. wasn't you know already on the nose and, and honestly i don't think they ever you know i i enjoy reading a lot of those series but i don't think they ever really did it better than this this first Crisis on Infinite earth
2: No, in, in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This this one, if I thought that the, I mean, I, I actually thought the eighty five comic was really easy to follow, and I was interested. in as as someone like Bob said, like I read a little bit of comics as growing up. You know, I just like to get an issue of Green Lantern once in a while and dive in, but uh, but mostly I didn't didn't read them. I was like a, really into science fiction and fantasy novels and stuff like that. But if I thought that other one was a little bit confusing, good lord. <laughs> this one <laughs> this third one
0: wow oh yeah so final crisis yeah we can move on unless you have any other thoughts on crisis
2: no it's just beautiful to see that artwork and, and I am very interested in going back to reading it just gotta go faster the speed of light far beyond
0: the speed of light gotta break the blueberry and you gotta do it now crisis on Infinite Earths, Wally West finds his uncle's Flash costume and ring on the ground. He decides that he won't be Kid Flash any longer, but will take over the full mantle of the Scarlet Speedster. Wally is the Flash for almost as long as Barry by the start of our next issue. The series of events that would lead to DC's final crisis begin with a murder. A peculiar murder. Orion, biological son of the despot of apocalypse Darkseid, and adopted son of the fourth world High Father is found dead in Metropolis, sparking a cosmic murder mystery to end all murder mysteries. The investigation eventually leads to flashes, Wally West and Jay Garrick, to the potential murder weapon, a god bullet fired through time by an interdimensional chair. It's a bit more complicated than that, and the bullet and or chair might be metaphors, but just go with me here. The chair opens up a rift, and Wally and Jay see Barry Allen as the Flash chasing a bullet and running from a dark figure who could be death. He's this new god named the Black Racer, but also is pretty much Death. The Flashes all run after the bullet, see it strike Orion, and continue to run in the Black Racer's wake. Barry and Wally quickly outrun Jay, and the Golden Age Flash goes back home to his wife and Barry's widow Iris. Jay confirms to Iris that the man he saw was Barry Allen, and not a parallel version or time-displaced Cell from the past. The real deal. Jay Garrick saw her husband alive. But how? We find out, uh, kind of, in Final, Final crisis, crisis number four. Four. 4. Written by Grant Morrison, with art by J.G. Jones, Carlos Pacheco, and Jesus Marino, Colored by Alex Sinclair, and lettered by Rob Lay. Bad news, Darkseid has found the anti-life equation. He's been looking for it for a while, and now he's got it, and he's released it on Earth. The moment it drops, everyone sees it. On their phones, their computers, on TV monitors, and it drives them insane. People begin fighting in the streets. Society degenerates. Barbara Gordon, currently Oracle, shuts down the internet, but much of the damage has already been done. The Daily Planet, now operating out of Superman's Fortress of Solitude, struggles as the only source of news on the planet. The fourth world minions of Darkseid are on Earth, preparing new host bodies to contain their evil essences. Shit's bad, basically. But the surviving heroes around the world are assembling to fight back. Elsewhere in the plot, Barry Allen and Wally West found that they've ran themselves weeks into the future, and now that they're finally moving slower than sound, they find they can actually talk. Barry. You were dead. We never got over it. Have you any idea how I'm feeling right now? An unknown force just reverse-engineered me to life out of a blizzard of faster-than-light particles. I'm sorry I seem a little abstract. But Barry doesn't stay abstract and brings his nephew in for a hug. Curse of the Flash family. Everything gets done on the run, and life happens in the rearview mirror. My god, it's good to see you, Wally. Despite being just very recently not dead, Barry continues to be the stable one in the duo, comforting his nephew when Wally worries about his family, and coordinating a plan of attack against a gang of superhero-hunting, anti-life-corrupted metahumans marauding this future dystopia. Once they're dispatched with, the Flashes head out. Barry says, We have to save everyone. We start with family. In this dark reality, Darkseid controls the world. He's dying, but this doesn't loosen his grip. He's prepared to take down all of reality with him. And before he does, he'll make everyone his slaves. People are compelled to shed their humanity, to work, consume, judge others, condemn the different, and exploit the weak. To die on the job is to die for Darkseid self equals dark side. Barry and Wally find Iris transfixed by these warped commands playing on her TV set. Her eyes glow a blank red taken over by the anti-life equation. Wally doesn't know if there's anything they can do for her, but Barry doesn't listen. He goes to his wife, saying it feels like he's waited a thousand lifetimes, and kisses Iris. Sparks of lightning spring from their lips, and tears flow from Iris's eyes, eyes now clear from the influence of dark side. Hey you, Barry says. Sorry I was late. Oh, Barry, it's going to be all right, isn't it? Everything's going to be all right now. The Flash answers simply, you bet. I have to tell you, I
1: read Final Crisis in real time when it was coming out. I love Grant Morrison. I have no idea what's going on in most of this issue.
0: Yeah, this is a hard one uh, fu- it, especially as big event comics go, you know. Yeah. Uh, big event comics are usually pretty straightforward storylines.
1: Yeah, and I can remember even at the time that this was coming out, you you'd read an issue and then you'd go on to like I don't know Bleeding Cool or some website and they'd say, "Okay, here's what happened in this issue."
2: <laughs> it was like, <laughs>
1: right. "No, that's actually not what happened, but maybe that's what happened off panel." <laughs>
0: Right. And it's a lot of tie in. So a lot of times those are kind of supplementary. You don't necessarily need to read them. I feel like with this, I don't think I've ever read all of the tie in stories, but I feel if I had, I would get a more complete picture. I was reading Batman because Grant Morrison was writing Batman at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I was reading Batman and this uh, at the same time. And so the Batman of how Batman ends up where he is, that's clear in my head. But some of these other characters, it's not clear how everyone kind of ends up where they are. Right. Yeah. But it is. It's a story. (laughs) Yeah, it's a story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of contrasting this with the the way Flash kind of gets lost in the, the original Crisis his resurrection here just kind of happens, whereas when Hal Jordan came back, there was like that initial mini-series, that Rebirth mini-series, which was a big mm-hmm. event, and this is, is in reverse, like Flash just appears here, and then they do
2: the Rebirth yeah, series was, later. Yeah, I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. that, because you know it just goes along. Uh, you're seeing all these different things happen in different places, and there are these different stations, they're, they're, they're all coordinating efforts or reporting in and such, and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, here's the Flash. You know, and we don't keep, we don't even get like a let's bring him back or sort of like the forces are coming together to bring him back and poof, it's just foot. Well, I right? think
1: that actually happened in a previous issue, but it wasn't oh. very exciting and there was no interaction with anyone. So,
0: okay, it did happen. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because the Flash part of the story is kind of cool to me, but it happens. Mm-hmm across six issues and they only have like a few panels in every like a few panels or pages in every issue so there's a few panels of wally west you know traveling through time and he encounters barry and they meet up and then barry comes back and I wish I could get a compilation of just that to send to you, but, but <laughs> it, uh, maybe I could have done some screenshots and, and sent you a, a PDF, but but, How do they stop <laughs> but I sight? didn't do
2: that. So apologies.
0: <laughs> How did they stop him?
1: Uh, Batman shoots
2: him, right? With he does. Batman shoots God-killing him. With a killing bullet? With a God killing yeah. bullet? Mm-hmm. Did he mm-hmm. make it? Or was he given it by someone?
1: He kept it from when Orion was killed, right?
0: Mm-hmm yeah he's just had it and he's been investigating it you know his whole thing is that he hates guns and so it's like this moment where he says i wouldn't normally do this but for you i'll make an exception he shoots Darkseid. side
1: hmm. i mean that's a legit exception
0: to well done. make. yeah he survives that but it is kind of the end to him and the issue after or so as is, is all the heroes show up and the flash kind of foil his omega beam and he's he's defeated
1: So the resurrection itself, I know that Marv Wolfman, who wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths, actually planted that seed that if all of this didn't work out with Wally becoming the Flash and whatnot, that they could just pluck Barry out of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that would be an interesting hook because Barry would know that he was going to die eventually, but he could have all these new adventures with that weight weighing over his head. I think the problem that I have with his resurrection is that Wally as Flash had had such, I think even a longer run than Barry did Mm -hmm. and was such an interesting character and kind of spearheaded DC's whole commitment to legacy characters. And so you had this whole generational aspect that now with Barry coming back that kind of throws all of that out the window. Similarly, Green Lantern had come back around the same time. And so Kyle Rayner, who had also a long, interesting run, just just kind of pushed off the side.
0: Yeah, I I agree. So when I was growing up, Wally West was the Flash. and Mm -hmm. So the the Justice League cartoon was coming out and Wally West was the Flash in that cartoon. And so I would watch that. I became a fan of, of reading comics. And I thought it was cool that it was this pass off between generations. Mm -hmm. you're right he just comes back and then it's a question of what do you do with both of these characters what is what is their dynamic and and maybe they could have figured something out but what eventually ends up happening is wally's just kind of pushed off to the side and barry just becomes the flash again and wally will show up here and there and yeah it it, it just kind of complicates things
1: yeah and uh, you know in in wally's series, Wally kind of gathered this whole Flash family around him with lots of super speed characters and Barry's presence was very much part of that even though he was dead. He just had this kind of angelic martyr persona. So I don't I feel very strongly that if any character should never have been brought back to life, it would be Barry Allen just because wow. he was he was a better character dead than he
0: was alive. <laughs> <laughs> So the very end of this issue, he reunites with Iris.
1: Well, and he actually, she's has been infected with Mm anti-life. And he kisses it out of
2: her (laughs)
1: with a lightning kiss.
2: (laughs) That's a very old trope.
1: Yeah, I don't know. She like, maybe she's still dazed from the anti-life, but she seems very, oh, hey, Barry, it's you.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) Well, he does say, hey, you. Sorry I was late. How long has he been gone? 20 years. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. in our time.
1: Well, and that was a th- whole thing that Barry Allen was always late, even though he was the fastest man alive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did like that. Yeah.
1: yeah it's very
2: touching.
0: He gives her the super kiss, which is a trope in, in fairy tales, but also in, in just superhero comics. In the Superman movie, Superman has the, the amnesia kiss. I think it's the, <laughs> the second or third movie. But yes superheroes just they kiss like no one else they can do amazing things <laughs> but yeah i'm starting to hear the thunder now so it's traveled over <laughs> oh yeah it's made it to you on earth too so you didn't get the super speed but maybe i still can we'll see
2: yeah <laughs> good
0: luck yeah but yeah any final thoughts on final crisis
1: um well i'm glad everything worked out apparently i have no memory of what came before this issue or after (laughs) that surprises me because you have such a good I
0: know yeah it's a hard story to follow
1: (laughs) in fact I was really jumbled in my head like which came first infinite crisis or final crisis
0: infinite crisis definitely came before this and Barry Allen actually does appear in that series as well he doesn't fully Mm -hmm. come back but they meet him through one of these time traveling scenarios he kind of shows up running through time and helps him out and then then he's gone again
2: well this has been fun just to like to, just to go through and touch on the origin and uh, of these characters of the character flash and touch on them in different issues in time really that's what ben does that's his know, whole shtick
0: i know it's cool that's what i that's what i strive for so what, <laughs> what, I, I try to see whether there's a kind of a cool story arc if you piece it all together and kind of try mm-hmm, to you know mm-hmm. and then you can obviously there's moments in between all of these comics that that fill in gaps but as a story arc what do you you feel about this one
1: i i think that they did not ever intend for flash to come back to life (laughs) right (laughs) honestly but i think because the green lantern rebirth had been so successful i think that kind of spurred their decision and plus all of a sudden there were like silver age and bronze age fans now that were working at the comic companies and they wanted their Mm -hmm. version of the characters back hmm
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the first superhero comic writers weren't necessarily comic book fans. Mm -hmm. But the longer we get into comic book history and the decades and decades, it's just a lot of now a lot of the creators are most of the creators are. Otherwise, they would, you know, probably do something else. Right. Comic books isn't necessarily always, you know, that profitable. And now Wally West will be the most prominent Flash when you get to the generation where people that grew up as him as the Flash start writing a lot of the comics. It's just interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. So you're the Checkered Past podcast. Where can people find you?
1: You can find us on wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: And we're on Twitter at GoGoCheckPod. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I had you read a, a few comics outside of your normal time period. So I hope you enjoyed it.
2: Oh, I yep. loved it. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. It's great. And you can also find Not a Hoax, Not a Dream anywhere podcasts are found. And while you're there, you can give us a five star review. Find all our social medias in the show notes, including the Patreon, where you can support the show for a dollar a month and enjoy exclusive extra stuff. Next episode is on Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. So like him, until next time, keep cool, my friends.